You are listening to the League of Unextraordinary Gentlemen with Brent and Jerry. Oh, it's unextraordinary. God dang, but what? Of course, it makes sense now. Thought it was a little braggy at first, but now I read it correctly and it's unextraordinary. See what they did? See what they did with the thing and the un at the beginning? I get it. Get it now. Boy, it's a whole new twist on it there. I gotta gotta sort of mentally prepare for the for the comedy stylings of the un at the beginning of the word. A podcast about writing by two guys who never have. Episode six. It's already. And like I said uh, last night, we have almost a hundred listeners. A hundred listeners. Now that's not like you know one person listening a hundred times. No, it's legitimately a hundred people just clicking on it once and saying, "And eh, no, I'm not going to bother." Nope, we actually have about three thousand of those. Three thousand people that looked at it and just so, in other words, twenty nine hundred people looked at us and decided not to bother, or listen to one episode and haven't come back, or may have listened to another episode not in a chain or something. But yeah, all right. So we have a hundred people that we haven't yet turned off. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that's good. That's yeah, it's good. a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, hundred people, not bad. Wow, not bad. Uh, a friend of ours, like we said, uh, that we talked to last night, he had a podcast that at its height was doing 500 people. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you're doing the agenda for today. I am doing the agenda to, for today. Yeah. Um, the agenda for today is going to consist of two items out of uh, 38 Most Common Fiction Writing Mistakes by Jack M. Bickham. Okay. Bickham or... Well, if Jack's listening, just, you know, sorry about that. Has he name. written anything we would know about? Um, you know, I never actually looked to see that. Because, like, if this is his only published book, um, kind of calls the whole thing into question. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure he has written something. He just, uh, oh, all right, he is a, uh, a former David Ross Boyd professor at the University of Oklahoma. He's the author of more than 75 published novels and numerous publications in the craft of fiction. Uh, I'm going to guess, yeah, he's, he, you know, we may not know his novels, but... But he has published something. Yeah, over 75 published novels. Okay, I guess he qualifies. Yeah, I guess he qualifies. So he's uh, up on us by, what, mm, 75? Five, over yeah. 75 novels, yeah. Jack M. M. Bickham. Bickham, B-I-C-K-H-A-M, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, so we have we have described number one before, don't make excuses. Um, now, what we're going to work up uh, today, mostly, is we're going to work on two things. His number four point, don't expect miracles. Don't expect a miracle, got it. Don't expect miracles. Um, but, um, what was the other one I was going to put in? Did I tell you? No, you never told me nothing. Oh. Did you uh, do it? Yeah, but I don't remember what it was. I don't remember whether it was. I think it's a combination of two and three. Don't consider yourself too, Martin, uh, too smart and don't show off. Okay, so what is, what is it we're going to learn about? 
Alright, what we're going to learn about, uh, we're going to start with Don't Expect Miracles. Um, um, Dear Jack points out, number one, that uh, like a doctor, for instance, takes five to ten years to learn his craft before he goes out and starts practicing it. Yes, yes, yes. This is the whole, it takes 10,000 hours to be an expert at something. Uh, no, well, that's that's one, you know, to be a, an acknowledged top thing, yeah. Um, but don't expect miracles is basically the whole idea that um, deciding to be a writer does not mean you're going to be a good writer. But, you know... You have to, I mean, it's going to take time. So I'm going to interject periodically and hopefully you can bring the points back, but how does that stand with authors that I've read that aren't particularly good, but they've got some darn good stories? I've, and I've been reading a lot of those lately, and they happen to fill up the thriller suspense genre, like uh, what you would probably consider this whole rash of black operations, mm -hmm. uh, military fiction going on. Yep. The authors aren't very good, but their stories are pretty good. Good enough to make you ignore the kind of blase, blase writing. Yeah. Well, you don't have to be... I, I guess when I say, you know, just because we've decided to be writers, decided to be authors, you know, we're... Uh, actually, we decide to be writers. We don't get to decide to be authors. Somebody else decides that we're authors. Right. So we've decided to be a writer. Um, by being a good writer, that doesn't mean that our work is good. What I, uh, I guess what I was saying with that is that the craft of writing is a profession. It takes time to do. Um, deciding to be a writer is the first step in that. Then we have to write, submit manuscripts. Oh, I see. Just because you rejected. decide to do it doesn't mean you can just knock out the novel in a year right. or a week or something. Yep. Um, our first one's going to be harder. It's going to take us longer than our second one. Um, you know, word for word. Wow, really? Yeah. Because I would never have guessed that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's you know, it's an obvious fact. But. Um, what he suggests doing is making a five-year timeline. Not, you know, here's what I'm going to do week one, week two, week three, you know, year two, week What two, does that mean, five-year timeline for your book? Five-year no, timeline five for your career? For your career. So where we want to be in five years. Huh, where do we expect timeline. to be in five years? Well, that makes sense because that's what, you know, the, when I, you know, I joined the military right out of college and got an army an officer commission. And, and as a cadet, that's what they would teach you is, is they would teach you, well, in the military, your career is kind of drawn out for you, mm -hmm. um, and with some exceptions. But uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, so we want to set up where we're going to be in five years as writers, and then once we have that goal there, you know, there's our five-year goal where we expect to be as a uh, as our career. Then we back it up a year, where we're going to be in four. Then where are we going to be in three? Where are we going to be in two? Where do we expect to be a year from now? And we write those down and keep those in a safe place. And then a year from now, we pull them out and take a look at them and see. It's like, hey, you know, are we a year down the road? Now, does he make any mention of uh, being able to visualize yourself in a certain position? And this is going to sound really cheesy. I've never told anybody this, but... Every success that I've had in my life so far, I have been able to actually see in my head, sort of daydream it. Mm -hmm. uh, for one, being a military officer, contrary to a lot of opinions, it's not the easiest thing to achieve, becoming an Army officer. Mm -hmm. uh, so for years, I mean, it's, oh, it's like a four-year process to do, so and there's a lot of bumps in the road. But I had to actually, and actually a sergeant used to tell me this, you have to actually see the lieutenant bars on your shoulder to be able to do it. And I saw myself as a lieutenant, 
I could see it. Plain as day. And I always knew I was, I'd make it. So is he kind of saying something like that? Mostly he wants more concrete goals. Not so much a, visual, a visualization as a documentation of it. But yeah, you need to be able to see it. I mean, you can't write down something you can't see. I can't describe a scene if I can't see it in my head. Okay. Um, but the, the thing is, you know, it's uh, a five-year plan seems a reasonable plan. And at the end of a year, if we pull it out and look at it, we can say, hey, I have made progress. You know, I have made progress on my goals. Like, look, a year ago I was struggling to write a thousand words a week. Now I'm writing five thousand words a week. That comes with practice, though. Practice is part of it. You have to take that into account. Your goal, your your goal has to have necessary practice. Uh, I think we've mentioned before that I'm a piano teacher, and uh, I can teach kids that don't practice in between their lessons. You know, I, I'm not a master. At it, you know, it, you know, anybody can do it. I'm not saying that I'm better, but um, you know, I can teach those kids. But if they practice in between, they're going to make a lot more progress. You know, that's part of it. Practice is part of it. But they, you know, they still have to have the goal. Where are we going to be in a week? You know, um, we have that goal. Where are we going to be in a year? That involves practice, meeting our, our short-term goals, writing a certain amount every week. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah you have to. See, I mean, kind of goes back to the whole thing. What are uh, the whole point of doing our promises for this yep. cast was? You know, sets your daily goals, which you know a, a pattern of success should lead you to bigger goals. And you know, one day, sixteen hundred words a day is not really that tough. Right. Um, it may be tough when you're looking at it, saying, "Oh, I'm, but I'm busy today," and yeah. then you know. Three days after being I'm busy and putting it off, you know, all of a sudden that 1,600 words a day is 4,800 words you have to catch up. Yep, yep. Um, and they say, you know, it takes two weeks to build a habit. Mm -hmm. So that two weeks, it's kind of like like withdrawal sy syndrome, but you're actually trying to build a habit. Right. Um, and it's easy to unbuild a habit as well um, when you're talking about positive habits. Yes. It's uh, very much the uh, the escalator phenomenon. You start walking, you go back down. You got to walk up the escalator. <laughs> yeah, good yep. analogy. Yep. So uh, once we get better at it, you know, the escalator slows down, and eventually we're just on a staircase. Right. But uh, at first, it's very easy to stop forward progress, and then it goes and becomes negative progress. So build a five-year plan. Start with where you want to be in five years and then right. put a goal per year? Yeah, back it up by a year to see what's uh -huh. realistic. Okay. Um, now, we can obviously build a goal starting from where I want to be next week, next month, a year. Yeah, we can dial it down as far as we want, but he suggests just keep it at a high level. Yeah, well, I'm, I meant we don't want to start with where we're at and project five years. Let's take a look at where we want to be in five years and not worry about the steps in between. Right. So, so let's do mine. Let's do mine. All right. Where do you want to be in five years, Mr. Perry? My fifth book published. Fifth book published. Yep. So that means in my fourth year, I have to have the fourth one published and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So um, does that, should I also include in that? So, I, we, so establishing that in the first year, I have to have my first book published, mm -hmm. right? So does that mean then I got a place where I got to find an agent in that timeline? Too, or? Well, you have to establish how you're going to publish them. 
What do you mean by have a book published? Have oh, a book right. published by a major house or Do I have to say it that way? Because the way I look at it, I'm going to try traditional publishing. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's just what you should try to do. I mean, as much as I like e-books, and I think that's it's here to stay, and I believe very much in it, and I know that self-published authors are doing just as well, most of them, the good ones, are doing just as well as, as traditional publishing. But I think that uh, if you look, those published, those independent publishers that are published authors that get contracts, take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a benefit to it. Right. I don't think it'll stop them from self-publishing books, but I think it gives them another avenue. It gives you, uh, because there are people, there literally are people out there that don't have e-books, and I know a lot of them. I know right. just as many that have e-books. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an e-book reader, or I don't even have yeah. software on my computer at the moment, which I could. That's free, easy. I just don't. Right. I mean, it's just, it's, some people just don't get into it, and mm-hmm. these aren't people that are like me that probably read I mean, I read five books over last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm re- I've read two already this weekend. So I, obviously, e-books are kind of where I want to be, yeah. uh, but there are people that don't think that way. So uh, I'm going to try traditional, but if it gets rejected enough times and I know that it's good, I have a, I'm, I have a lot of confidence behind yeah. it, yeah. I'm going to self-publish it. All right, that's good. Because a lot of times um, books will be rejected for nothing related to the book itself. Uh, it's not the right time, we don't have a marketing hook for it. Um, we've got 20 submissions and yours was number 21, and we can only publish 10. Yeah, plenty um, of very famous yeah. books were, were rejected hundreds of times. Right, it's uh, Larry Niven, I recall, one of his uh, original stories, he stacked up rejections for it, and uh, the year it finally was published, it won a Hugo, I think. Or maybe it was a Nebula Prize or something like that. So it's like, it wasn't a bad story. It just, you know, didn't get the right hooks, didn't get it out there. So, okay, so we've established I'm going to do five books over five years. Um, either pu- traditional publishing or self-publishing. All right. So uh, let's visualize a little more about that five-year goal. Okay. Writing your fifth book. You have, you have, or publishing your fifth book. So year five, you are publishing your fifth book. That means you've had four published. Right. So you can see that, you can feel that. Yes. Four books published. I really feel it. Because I've even got, right. I've so got three of them planned. Yeah. So let's take, let's take a look. What's the day in the life of Jerry the writer uh, publishing his fifth book? Wow. Um, now, not knowing what paychecks look like at that point, what royalties, because authors, only J.K. Conrath, Jay Conrath has really published that. Mm-hmm. And... He's phenomenal, so I don't think I'll make his kind of money yet. Because I, I, I won't... Maybe. I don't know. I'm, all right. So let's assume that I'm going to be making what I make now. Yep. All right? My, my private job. Or my... my, uh, my uh, Conventional other, job. Yeah, my conventional job. Um, this means that I wake up in the morning. Uh, since uh, I probably can't break a habit, I'm still going to get up at 5 or 6 in the morning. Yeah. I will go to my off-site office because I will have found a very cheap little hole in the wall. Yeah. Um, whether or not I have an assistant at that time is dependent on a lot of things, but I do think having an assistant is probably necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Young, pretty. No, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> i got a wife, so i got to watch okay. that. And actually, my wife might end up being my assistant. I don't know. It all depends on where her plans take her. Right. But... Uh, uh, It'll more likely be a college student because you know mm-hmm. we live like across the street from Oakland Community College, yeah. Oakland University. Sorry. Anyways, um, so 
then I absolutely going to need a nap as soon as I get there. So I'll, <laughs> I'll sleep from seven to eight thirty. Yeah. Be completely refreshed, and I'm writing by nine. Okay. So by nine to twelve, I'm done with the morning's work. Uh, go for a walk or have lunch, uh, and then get back at it at one, and I'm done by five. So. Yep. And that schedule actually I, I've taken from Dan Abnett, mm-hmm. uh, who who writes a lot of comic books. He does a lot of Marvel comic books. He also does, uh, for those that like the Games Workshop stuff, he does Black Library novels. So right. that's kind of his schedule. He gets up early, and then uh, and the nap thing's me. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of how I feel even now. I wake up, go to work, get to the work, get to the office, and then i got to have a nap. But okay. that doesn't happen. So you're putting in a pretty conventional eight-hour office day in you know with you know contiguous contiguous hours with you know lunch breaks and stuff like that yeah and, okay. and Dan Abbott does that and the guy writes about four or five books a year right of, of completely different genres different publisher I mean mm-hmm. he he knocks a lot of stuff out yeah so he's, he's not like writing one book and and splitting it into five for different markets or anything like that no no, no he's, he he's writes, writing five five in, real books in yeah. fact during the day he works on three different projects. So in the morning, it's the the clo- the one the the project that's the closest due date. He does that in the morning. Then he spends two hours in the afternoon on, on the comic books that he's got to get done, and then the remaining three or four hours of the day working on, on another novel. Hmm, so okay. he's got a complete rotation of things. So he, so he has a nice schedule, a nice regimented schedule like yep. you would in an office. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's your five year that's your five year plan. Then. Yes. That's where you're going to be day in the life in five years. Yes. Yep. Okay. Good. Good. Um, so back it up a year. Okay. What's going to change in year four? Well, let's be. I'm going to be conservative, and let's say I, I have not yet made enough to quit my conventional job. Okay. So. So that's going to happen sometime it, in year four as you hit year five. Yep. All right. So year four, I'm still kind of slubbing it out the way I'm now. I'm getting up at five morning, hitting the office. Since literally nobody is in the office until about 8, I'm sneaking that time to work about two hours on my book there. Okay. Then I can't do anything the rest of the work day until I get to lunch. So I have about a 30, 40-minute lunch now. Uh, I'm wolfing my sandwich, drinking my popcorn, you know, dumping Drinking your popcorn. I call it drinking because I'm taking the bag and dumping it in my face. Oh, okay. Uh, And... uh, yeah, that's bizarre to say it, drinking your popcorn. Yeah. But uh, using that 30 or 40 minutes to knock out more of my book, then I work from, uh, since I get there so early, uh, and I work a 10-hour shift, I'm done by 3.30, home, uh, wife goes to work, kids, boom, bam, 8 to 10, I'm working again. Okay. So how many hours is that doing It's work? about five. Five. So we're going from eight hours to five. Yep. Yeah. And that's why I think it, in year five I'll be able to do get that fifth book done quicker because yeah. I have more time to work on it. Plus, you know, they say that most of the authors are saying, you know, the way you sell the, the book is have the next one ready. Right. So while you're working on it, you can't ignore the fact that, especially a first-time author, I've kept hearing that you get the first book done, don't stop, write the next one. Yeah. So because you're, if you nail the agent, they're going to say, okay, what else you got? And if you're saying, well... I was working on selling this one. They're like, "All right, well, call me later." Yeah. So, it, it so while I've got this, I'm also throwing notes down for the second book, and 
So I get the so at that point at the fourth and the fifth particularly the fifth I'll be able to pull a Dan Abnett in the last two hours of the day or some point in that day right. I'll be able to flesh out the second book okay the second book and possibly even have it started before the first one's out the door right so you're five you're five you're you're publishing your fifth book but you're actually working on six and seven yeah all right so you're four you are completely still dedicated to the fifth book yeah so you're you're working on book five yeah. And hopefully getting book four published. So dealing, you know, dealing with the the publishing process, yep. and rewriting and that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So that's your four working on book four, and book or working on book five and having book four in the publishing process. Yes. Year three. Same schedule. Same schedule. Still work. You're still working at the conventional job. Yep. But I see myself doing a lot more late nights, a lot more weekends, okay. like I'm doing now, mm-hmm. uh, because I have to, you know, third book, you got to prove it wasn't a fluke. Right. So I see myself doing a lot more that way. I see myself working a lot harder on making sure the fourth book's more polished when it comes out. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, the more polished is kind of a, you know, over time approach. So, you you know, you're, you're working on book four, you've learned from the first three books what uh, what the editors like to change about your books. So hopefully you've corrected those things and, and put them out there. Correct, yep. 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 And then year two and one are, are the same schedule I'm doing now and the same in the three. Mm-hmm. A lot of late nights, but I expect one and two are going to be more feverish events with the editors. Right, because the, well, the way you're backing it up here, year one you ought to be working on book two. Right. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm kind of at year zero right now. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you're 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 actually starting year one with publishing of book one. Oh, that's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way you're kind of looking at. It. Okay. All right. So uh, that's a good plan. Yeah. And. Uh, I have a similar but less aggressive plan. Okay. Um, I am going to be polishing up book three in year five. Got it. All right. Um, polishing up, perhaps publishing, you know, the 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 third part of my trilogy or whatever, or maybe uh, the third first book of three trilogies. Who knows how that's going to go. But uh, that's year five. Um, still going to be teaching. Can't see myself ever stopping that uh, as much as I enjoy it. Um, but I have plenty of time. So a day in my life is going to be a lot more simpler um, because I'm going to have you know this time I teach, time that I write. Um, but I'm starting, you know, at that point, probably starting in year three, I am looking at, you know, putting in a day in the office kind of thing just like you for my writing. My writing will no longer be fit into different slots, which is what I'm trying to do now, trying to find my time to write. Uh, I will have, you know, scheduled time to write and everything else moves around it just like it's a regular job, which is the way we need to treat it. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's my, that's my year five goal. I haven't tracked them out for three, two, and one yet. Um, but I, you know, I, I do need to now. Uh, so backing it up with your schedule a year from now, 
you expect to be finished with your first novel, getting it published? Working on getting it published, yep. Working on getting yep. it published. All right. So how long is the publishing process, do you think? Well, I've... It's something we really haven't discovered. Well, I've... Before. Yeah, we haven't just talked about it. But I've read it can take anywhere between eight months and a year itself. Yeah. So once we have the book written, and once the novel's written, we need to get a cover for it, get an agent if we're doing, you know... That well, if you're, if you're doing traditional publishing, you, you need to do the cover, but if you're working through traditional publishing, they'll do it. They'll take on the cover. They'll take on the in cover. Fact, in fact, that's something else we haven't talked about, but uh, a lot of authors have absolutely no control over the cover. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is... They, they just that's the marketing process. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so with traditional publishing, then we don't have to, you know, we just, we have to go find an agent or get a contract in some fashion. Yep. So that'll probably be a good topic for some time. You know, exactly how do we go about publishing a book? I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's books out there that, you know, have been used for uh, quite a while, like uh, the good old-fashioned writer's market, you know, used to check out the current edition from the library and type up your... Yeah, that'll be a good topic for in. another agenda. Yeah, so we'll have to we'll have to look at that. In fact, we're, we're coming up on the time now, but we yeah. haven't even finished this one. So why don't right. we do a two-parter? Yeah, we'll can do a two-parter. You can can it for the next time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But we still have five minutes, so let's let's catch up on our promises. You had an amazing week. I, I was gathering through our messages. Yep, yep. Uh, I did quite well. Um, somehow in the last couple of weeks, I have managed to write um, about 6,000 words. Wow. Without uh, going into too many dead ends or cul-de-sacs. Um, they're mostly contiguous. Uh, and they're tied to the beginning of the story. Um, but I have lots of hooks and lots of, uh, I won't call them foreshadowing because it's, it's not something that the reader sees, but there's lots of things that I am bringing in, characters and events and things like that, that point toward other things to write later in the story. Okay. Um, so as I'm writing a thousand words, I'm generating hooks to generate more writing. Oh um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah! Right, right. Yep. So, um, well, you're so doing. You're, you're just plowing through the story, and yep. even though you know something can go further, like nope, just keep going. Won't dwell too much. Right. I'm. Uh, it's very much uh, a discovery kind of thing, action oriented yep. at this point, which is the way I want to keep the whole story going. Um, there's uh, not a lot of pacing involved yet. That'll be something that'll be worked at when I start dealing more with structure, which I think will come in probably in the next few weeks. You know, the next few weeks I'm going to be backing off on uh, the quantity of just stream of conscious writing and filling in some structure. Uh, some of it will just be you know fiddling around with the tools in Scrivener saying, okay, I need to write a scene that does this, and just making notes and that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of it will be writing those future scenes, um, you know, because they'll, they'll flow. It's like, okay, here's something that I've foreshadowed. Here's the scene that I'm hinting at. Oh, right. Um, and they, they may be three chapters apart in the book. Well, yeah, the foreshadowing, I, I mean, it goes back to our discussion of how, how often professional authors did it right the first time in their drafts. But I can't see uh, being able to put foreshadowing up front. Unless you had a very clear vision to begin with, you, yeah. you have to write the book and then go back and drop foreshadowing into things. Right. Some and some of it, I think, I'm going to be more on the order, uh, order of editing it out because it's too darn obvious. 
things yeah. that you know uh, foreshadowing is probably not uh, the correct term uh, for some of what what's already in there. Some of what's already in there is you know just a, a plan a prophecy. Great, yeah, plan prophecy or um, a signpost to something that happens in the future. Oh, right. You know. Um, and uh, proper foreshadowing is like, you know, maybe that signpost is off on the side. You get a hint that there's something beyond, but you don't get anything concrete. You, yep. you know, that, that mystery. Um, and right now I don't have a lot of that mystery. What I have is the, why is this person here? And it's like, well, that person's important, and I know it as the writer. The reader's not going to know it yet. Right. And I'll either have to add in something that hints as to why they're there, or maybe I've hinted too much, and I need to back off and you know reference the person um, from another character as opposed to having something direct. Right. Yeah. But uh, at this point, I have uh, lots of those hooks that point toward the future of the book. Uh, you know, future events in the story. Uh, so I'm generating more things to write as I'm writing still. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I did a, I got a large piece done, and then I deleted it because it wasn't working. I, it was a lot of forced effort, mm -hmm. and I kept writing. And then after about four days, <coughs> excuse me, I finally had some inspiration, and I wiped out all I worked on because, like I said, it wasn't working at all. Made my character come across as a depressed individual, and that's not what I wanted. Yeah. But it provided inspiration for me to take it a whole new direction. Yeah. And then I got about two thousand words done of that scene. Okay, so good and bad there. Uh, I don't. I I think uh, part of the problem with electronic writing is that backspace or delete key. Well, but that's the cool thing about Scrivener because whatever you delete goes into the individualized trash bin on the program, so it's still there. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. It's not really gone. Right. So if so, you can reference it later. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, something from Larry Niven. I remember he. Uh, had a large character study, uh, I don't remember, I think it was like handwritten, filed somewhere about a, a terrorist in hiding, and he's never used it. But obviously, you know, he hasn't thrown it out. Right. You know, but, uh, you know, he had, he, he wrote something, it was good, but he never found a place for it. Right. So, you know, maybe in uh, book three, you'll have a character that really needs to be that depressed guy. Right. Yeah. And the scene might work out for him. Right. So, yep. All right, so we have a, a pretty good session here, I think, I hope. Good episode six there. We'll work on yeah. episode seven. We'll work on episode seven. Hopefully we haven't alienated all hundred of our listeners. No, don't think so. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Jerry. And I'm Brent. And we're the League of Unextraordinary Gentlemen. Yes, we are. In other words, 2,900 people looked at us and decided not to bother. But, but he has published something. Yeah, over 75 published novels. Okay, I guess he qualifies. Did that work? I think that worked. So, yep. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening to the League of Unextraordinary Gentlemen.